Hello and welcome to the podcast from Secretary to CEO. I'm your host, Caroline Fry, and today we'll be talking about the common mistakes leaders make when they're trying to lead a team. So firstly, let's talk about leadership and what it means. So leadership is the ability to influence and inspire others towards a common goal or a vision. And leaders can be found in all walks of life, from business and politics to sports and the arts. However, being a leader is not just about holding a position of authority or power. It requires a combination of skills, including effective communication, decision making, strategic thinking, empathy, and a strong sense of purpose. Effective leadership can have a positive impact on individuals, teams, and entire organizations, while poor leadership can lead to chaos, confusion, and demotivation. So what are the common mistakes leaders make when they are trying to lead a team or their organizations? Well, some of the mistakes could be a lack of communication. It could be micromanagement, letting employees know where they fit in and the overall vision of the organization. And often it can be simple things like failure to recognize achievements. But today I'm just going to focus on communication and micromanagement as I feel if you get these two right, the rest really will start to fall into place. So if we look at communication, where can communication go wrong? Lack of clarity. One of the common mistakes that leaders and business owners make is really failing to communicate their expectations clearly. If a team member does not have a clear understanding of their roles, responsibilities and goals, like they can come confused, disengaged, you know, your team, they're not mind readers. So it is so important that everybody knows what's expected of them. And when employees do not have a clear understanding of what is expected of them, they can often struggle to perform their duties effectively and efficiently. And this can lead to misunderstandings, can lead to mistakes, then there's a lack of motivation, which can ultimately um, impact the success of any team and an organization as a whole. And like this is not just about um, your chargeable employees or your sales team, like this is about everyone. It's just as important as the receptionist knows how to answer the phone the way you want it, as it is that your sales team knows what their monthly revenue target is. So I suppose, what is clarity? And like, why is it so important? And can really a lack of clarity actually affect a business? Well, yes, without clarity, your team may struggle with performance. Like when you're a employees are unclear about what is expected of them. They might know how to prioritize their work or how to allocate their time effectively. And then it can be missed deadlines because they're trying to figure out, is this the priority? Is this, or what will I do? Will I do this first? And especially if they don't like something (laughs) and if that has a deadline and if they don't know about it, that could be put way back, you know, and then the smaller stuff that you might necessarily really care about can make it to the top of their list. But then the other thing without clarity, then morale. So morale can really take a hit. Like so when employees are unsure about what they are supposed to be doing or how their work fits into the larger goal of the team or the organization, they really can become disengaged and demotivated. And then this can lead to decreased um, morale or decreased job satisfaction. And it can even lead to higher turnover staff rates. And then there's stress. 
When employees are unclear about their roles and their responsibilities, they may experience higher levels of stress and anxiety. And this can lead to basically a decrease in mental and physical health, which ultimately is going to impact their ability to perform and their work effectively. So how do you avoid these negative impacts? Well, this can really involve setting out clear expectations. Like you need to define goals and objectives and outlining specific responsibilities and providing regular feedback and support. So when employees have a clear understanding of what is expected of them, they're more likely to feel motivated and engaged and empowered to perform their work to the best of their abilities. So it's so important for your employees to know what they are responsible for. Who has ultimate responsibility for this task? Like whose neck is on the line here if this does not happen? If you don't have clarity on this, then confusion can happen. And often no one's going to put their hand up to take ownership and then delays happen. And then nobody's responsible. This all falls through the cracks. But you can provide clarity, you know, if you can do it through the use of job specs, through the use of performance metrics, you can do it through project management, and you can do it through regular check-ins. So if you want to have um, an example of what this could look like or how you could actually um, get your team on board and really set out clear expectations and clear um, responsibilities. What you could do is, so say you're taking on a new project or you're introducing a new service or something like that, something new. You could call a team meeting and you can map out the project um, along with your expectations. So if you put it this way and think about it, you have all your team together and we want to get them brainstorming, but we also want to get them um, that everybody knows what's expected and what are the actions that we're going to take out of this project. So some of the questions that you could ask your team would be, what do we want to achieve here and why? So that they understand the bigger picture. So if you want to introduce, say, a new revenue line or a new service, like it's really important to for the team to understand why they're doing it and where this fits into the whole organization. So it's not just you coming along saying, oh, do you know what? We're going to add on this service. But it's important for you to be able to um, clarify and actually explain I was looking at our service offering as a whole, and there's actually a gap here. And I feel a lot of clients have been coming and asking if we can do this service. So by providing this, I feel we're actually providing an all-round service to to our clients. So that's really important for the team to understand understand what we are trying to achieve here and why. And then it's like, what difference will this make if we bring this service on board? And this is important to get the team buy-in as well. So it's not looking at like this is an extra workload. So this is explaining to them why this is the difference. By putting this in, we're actually encouraging our clients to do more business with us. By not offering this service, we're kind of forcing them out the door here. So it's really important that by offering this service that we're really getting our clients on board. What does a completed project look like? And I think this is really important for you to be able to clarify to your team what completed means to you, because we can all have a very different idea of what completed to me looks like and what completed to her looks like. So it's really important and letting you know what's the best result. So and sometimes this isn't, this isn't just all about revenue. This could be market share. This could be, oh, my God, where actually clients are doing more business with us now clients are feel happy clients you know they really feel that we're listening to us 
And then it's like, what's the worst result? So when people are actually thinking about this project, they have an expectation that, okay, that there's going to be a customer service um, expectation here. There's going to be a revenue expectation. There's going to be, you know, there's going to be certain expectations, but also the worst result. So they know maybe if 15 clients take this up, well, that's not really great that you wanted in excess of maybe 30 clients to take this, this service up. So then it is looking at, you know, kind of what does success look like? So success looks like could be that, you know, we have happier clients. How do we know we've happier clients? Because we've 10 extra who bought this service. And this could be like that we actually have an improved website or improved marketing material that's actually selling this service. This could mean that now we have one team member now who is solely responsible for looking after this. So it's really important that you actually get to define what does success look like for this project? Do you know that it covers revenue? It covers the customer satisfaction. It covers the team satisfaction. So what does success like? And then it's like, what are the first actions? So what's the first action that we can do? So now we know what the project is. We know why we're doing it. We know what the best result is. We know what the worst result is. We know what success looks like. So what's the first action that we need to take in order to start this project? And then we're agreeing like, okay, when are we going to meet to actually re uh, review the current progress? So we're agreeing, what's the target date? When do we actually want this project in? And then what's the first meeting that we're going to have to ensure that we're meeting these um, milestones? But most importantly, before everybody leaves the room, everybody needs to know the three W's. Who is doing what by when? So it's really important everybody leaving that room is on the same page, that there's people responsible for actions, people, the people who are responsible for actions know that they are responsible for the actions, they know what they're doing, and they know by when. And if you can do this with, you, with your team, you are much more likely to have a successful project outcome. Another common issue that often comes up in communication will be failure to listen to your team members. So when leaders do not take the time to listen to their team members' feedback, ideas or concerns that they have, they risk um, missing out on valuable insights and perspective. And then again, this can lead to a lack of innovation and creativity, as well as demotivation and disengagement among team members. Like <clears throat> leaders really need to actively seek out um, feedback and ideas from their team and create a culture of open communication and collaboration. So why is it important to listen to your team? And can failure to listen really affect a business? Well, failing to listen to team feedback can have several negative consequences for both the team and the organization. So as I said before, missed opportunities. When leaders fail to listen to their team's feedback, they may miss out on the valuable insights and ideas. And this can lead to missed opportunities for innovation, improvement and growth. Like often leaders are removed from the day-to-day -day and the operational elements and they can be looking down from such a high level that sometimes the simplest things can be overlooked. Um, so if you're not asking your team for that feedback and you're looking that high, there may be some operational efficiencies that like your team can give you that's really going to benefit the organization on the whole. And then when teams, you know, members feel that their feedback is not valued or heard, they really do become demotivated and disengaged 
And this then can lead to low morale and again, your higher staff turnover rates. And then there's poor decision making. So when leaders do not take into account, you know, perspective and insights of their team members, they may not make decisions that are well informed or do not align with the needs of the team of the organization. Like you could be like thinking about, oh, maybe Usher, an Excel tracker will do that when an Excel tracker is not really effective. Like really we're at the stage maybe where we need some form of software um, automation or innovation in there. So it's really, really important like to actually open um, feedback from your team really to help with, with your decision making. So how do you avoid these negative impacts? So like you can avoid these by taking several steps to ensure that they're, um, that you're listening to your team's feedback. So say if you have gone and you've implemented this new project or you have implemented a new service, maybe after, um, you've completed that or if you have like a particularly busy period each year, maybe at the end of that, you can ask your team, um, simple questions like what do they felt, uh, what they felt worked, um, this time during the busy period, what do they feel did not work? And if they could improve one thing, what would they do differently next year? And like you could do this by a way of a team meeting, or you could do this even by an email going out, and then you just get somebody to to collaborate the feedback. And then when you're going to start that project again, then, or you're coming to that busy period, you just take out that collated feedback and go, guys, remember we had these improvements from last year and we start implementing those. So then like you can come up with maybe an ideas channel or a weans channel where, you know, you can encourage your team to post ideas or, you know, kind of wins that have come up. So you're getting the basically a culture of support and encouragement. And you can also have a section in your annual review process, like where you're giving your employees the opportunity to speak up, like questions like, you know, what's the most enjoyable part of working in the organization? Or also, what was the most difficult or dissatisfying situation that they experienced? Like all of these are so important. Like if an employee feels listened to and if they have clarity, like it has a huge impact on bringing your organization forward. So I'd say that's communication covered. So the other common mistake that leaders make is micromanagement and basically micromanaging their team. So what is micromanagement? So micromanagement is a management style where a leader or a manager closely oversees the work of team members, often to an excessive or an unnecessary degree. And like it can involve controlling every aspect of a team member's work. You know, it could be scrutinizing the reverend move or requiring constant updates or basically that the employee doesn't have the autonomy to go on and make a decision or bring a project to the next level or, you know, a service to the next level. And why would you do this? <laughs> well, there's lots of reasons why, um, you know, leaders actually engage in micromanagement. And one common reason could be there's a lack of trust or confidence in their team members' abilities. And, you know, leaders who are overly concerned with ensuring that everything has to be done their way may feel that they actually cannot rely on their team members. And this is a more of it's them, not you, you know, and they might make the right decision. They feel that their team can't make the right decision. They're not going to think the way you are uh, or complete their work to the desired standard that you would. 
And then another reason why, you know, leaders would engage in this will be like there could be a, f- a fear of failure or the negative consequences. So, you know, they might necessarily hand a task over because they feel their neck is on the line. So there's no point in giving it to somebody else, you know, um, because what if it fails? And then they feel then, well, no, I have to basically, this is my head on the line. I am going to manage every step of the way to ensure that it's done perfectly. Or, you know, sometimes it's a personality trait. Some leaders, you know, they may be a perfectionist or they may just have a controlling personality. And then they just kind of have this desire to micromanage their team. So while micromanagement may seem like a way to ensure that everything is done perfectly, it can actually have several negative consequences. And micromanagement really can lead, you know, to decreased productivity or a lack of creativity and innovation and basically a demotivated and disengaged team. So an effective leader actually recognizes the importance of delegating responsibilities and trusting their team members to make the right decision. And they do this by providing clear expectations and guidelines and offer guidance and feedback when needed. And basically what they're doing there is they're creating a culture of trust and autonomy. And by avoiding micromanagement, leaders can actually foster a more productive, creative and an engaged team. So like people often ask me, like, really, like, you know, they're just not getting it or, you know, they're coming back and go, no, I feel I need to micromanage. Like micromanagement can't be that bad. Does it really affect my team? Well, yeah, it does. And it can have serious negative um, consequences for your team and your organization. Like you're going to have decreased productivity. Like when a leader um, micromanages their team, like, you know, team are going to be disengaged and demotivated. Like, sure, what's the point? Like, sure, he doesn't value me or trust me. Like, sure, I could go, like, you know, be breaking my back here to do something here. But sure, he's just going to change it or control it. So, like, they're basically just sitting there. I'm not going to say twiddling their thumbs. But they're not exactly going to be jumping up like to take on work or they're not going to be really engaged or come up with you with new ideas. So then it is going to be the lack of creativity. Like it's going to stifle. Like when you're so invested in controlling the outcome, like when team members who are possibly doing the day-to-day work, when they're not given the freedom to make decisions or trying new approaches, they're going to be less likely to come up with new ideas or solutions to the problem. So you could be doing a process over and over again that's completely ineffective, but it's just because you like it and you've always done it that way. And then high turnover rates, like you're going to lose good staff. If you're going to micromanage, um, you know, every inch of your team, team members are going to become frustrated and they're going to leave the organization. Like, because it really will be, what's the point? Like, this is a dictatorship. They're not even open to new ideas. Like, they want to be part of a culture where they feel heard, where they feel listened to. So, you know, you are. If you're going to micromanage, you're going to lose um, good team players. So really to avoid these consequences, like, there's a few things that you can do. You can delegate responsibilities. Like, you can delegate responsibilities to members like that of your team that's basically going to give them the freedom to make decisions and take ownership of their work. And then this will really help build and foster, like, you know, trust and a culture of autonomy and accountability. And like delegation is a skill. And I have gone into this in a lot more detail in my Time to Recharge and Refocus podcast. 
But if you learn the skill of delegation and if you invest the time in delegating properly to your team, it can be transformational for you and for your team. And again, if you set clear expectations, leaders can set clear expectations for their members, like providing guidance on the goal, the objectives, like taking the time out at the start of the project, communicate what's the best result, communicate why we're doing this, communicate what's the worst result, letting them know what steps they need to take, letting them know what success looks like to you. Given the responsibility, you're responsible for this action. You're responsible for that action. We're going to meet back in a week. Actually, do you know what? We're going to have daily huddles so we can actually keep the momentum going in this. And with that, we're only discuss, okay, how's it going? What are you stuck on? Nothing. Perfect. Let's move on to the next task. Or, okay, yeah, you're stuck at this. Right. That was unexpected. Then let's meet together. We'll brainstorm on how we can, we can get over that step. So if you invest the time at the start, like get those job description, descriptions done, put in those project plans. If you do that at the start, you are less likely to miss the deadlines and you will have a much more engaged team who's focused on milestones, who's focused on delivering projects and who's focused on growing your organization. So in conclusion, I would say like leadership is absolutely critical for the success of any team or organization. And a healthy leader is one who is empathetic, who's communicative and empowering and who fosters a culture of trust, collaboration and accountability. Healthy leadership can lead to increased employee engagement, higher productivity, greater innovation and creativity. And by, by prioritizing leadership practices, like leaders can really create a positive work environment that fosters the growth and development of their team. And it really drives success for the organization as a whole. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast. And don't forget that I have plenty of other episodes. So please feel free to log on to www.carolinefry.coaching.com where you'll get a full listing of all the episodes. Thanks for listening.